Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Here we go. It's week 10 of COVID-19 as I'm recording this. Holy moly. This is not how we thought our spring and early summer was going to be, is it? I'm going to be talking about control and uncertainty And before we do that, I have a special announcement I'm really excited about because every day I'm talking with people and I have the honor and privilege of others sharing with me their internal struggles. And while on the outside, they look like they have a good life. They look really confident on the outside. On the inside, they still struggle with that damn not being enough. And I also realize it can be frightening to even acknowledge that you are struggling with believing you aren't good enough. My friend, the struggle is real and you aren't the only one. What I know for sure is it takes small steps to lead to change. And I know many of you would love to do coaching, but that's too vulnerable to be seen right now. So I have just the thing for you. We've created a digital workshop version of becoming enough. And this workshop will provide a container for you to do this work, to learn the three obstacles that are getting in your way of being enough and what you can do about it. So you can live your life from a place of enough. This digital workshop will help you see the obstacles in front of you and as well as give you clarity to overcome. Remember, you cannot change what you cannot see. And it's so important that we own our struggle so we can change it. This workshop is one of your steps to owning it. So you can be enough in your life. And there's a direct link in the show notes to get your digital copy. All right, now it's time to do a shout out to a listener. So thank you guys for leaving your reviews. It's been awesome to read them and it's fun to hear your takeaways from the show. So thank you for giving back to the show by leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts. Aaron Blair, 459. This is what Aaron had to say about the show. Binge worthy. I found your podcast through Brene Brown's work. I binged several of your podcasts on an unexpected 20 hour road trip. Holy moly. It was perfect. I found the topics to be relevant and helpful, and I look forward to listening to more of them. Aaron Blair, I am so glad that you're part of this community and happy to go on that road trip with you and provide some content to support you during that time. Now it's time to shift over to today's show about control and uncertainty. So these times of COVID-19 are certainly uncertain times. And I know during my lifetime, these are the most uncertain times and I'm 47, soon to be 48. And I think about like, okay, we don't know how things are going to be returning, right? We don't know how they're going to be returning to work. Bathrooms are an issue, how we're going to be returning to school, whether they're K through 12 or universities, when we're going to be able to connect with our friends again, which counties are opening up, which states are opening up. What are the rules? There's so many unknowns. 
and the things that we've taken for granted, being able to connect and touch each other and hugs and high fives, we don't know when we're going to be able to go back and doing that. We don't know. And that is uncertain. And that is creating a lot of anxiety for people. And one of the things that I've been talking about a lot lately is that this idea of certainty really has always been an illusion. For instance, we'll talk about the school example. We've always known that school starts in my community. It starts at the end of August and it ends the middle of June. And what we now know is that it all can be changed these like sacred moments, (laughs) we would have summer vacations. And it was, if we were going to get rid of summer vacations or start earlier there, we'd have to be a process to go through for school boards to change it. And we have a virus that changed a lot for all of us throughout the world. And it also took a virus for us to see that certainty is an illusion So a few weeks ago, I went to the bank one evening to go make a deposit. And as I was driving there, the gas station that my family normally goes to, I noticed, oh, it's under construction. And my brain went, oh, that kind of makes sense. We're sheltering at home. This seems like a good time to be doing that. And then on my way back home, I drove past the gas station again. And I realized it was a different brand of gas. Holy smoke. I went zero to 80. We won't say hundred, but I went zero to 80 in 30 seconds. It simply rocked my world. And I was so upset and I felt betrayed and I was mad. And one thing that I realized later on was this was another tipping point in this whole uncertain world that we live in. I might not have been so upset pre-COVID, but post-COVID, I really felt betrayed. How did I not know that my gas station was changing? And notice how I say it's my gas station. (laughs) How did I not know? Like what was happening? And the reason I was so mad was it helped expose to me that this certainty that I had been living with was really an illusion because there was not certainty. The gas station can change. But of course my brain went to, I want to know why. And if it wasn't for the damn COVID, the newspaper would actually have time to focus on the gas station. Probably not. (laughs) But my mind was racing and it was illogical and it was irrational. And this all happened in five minutes of driving home time. So here's the thing. We want certainty for the perception of having control and What I know is I have as much control over the virus as I do over the gas station change. I have no control. I was mad at something that changed that I did not have control over and I was triggered. One of the things about change is that it brings up more uncertainty, right? It's like, well, what's going to happen? My brain went into, oh my gosh, there's now the space for choice and Of course, I could go back to the same gas station, but in my brain, it was, no, we don't go and use that brand of gas. So we're not going to do it. That was my immediate (laughs) resistance towards it. And there was this struggle and there was this arguing that was going on. And this is the same thing that's happening with the return to work or return to school or athletics or social functions is that we now have this change due to a virus. 
and we don't want it. We want to argue with it because uncertainty is facing us straight on. Now I invite you to consider and hold space for you of how do you respond to uncertainty? Think about it right there. I was arguing with it. I was mad about it, you know, and again, I went from zero to 80, not zero to hundred, but I went from zero to 80 in that five minutes of driving home as I was processing it. And I was like, okay, Karen, I noticed there was stuff going on. And so I opened it up and I discovered we usually respond to uncertainty by arguing with it. That's what I was doing. Right. Or we create plans to try to control it. Like I couldn't take over and not interested in taking over a gas station. So I didn't create those plans, but all week long, I've had clients and people that have been trying to create plans to try to control it, to then feel better. And then the other thing that we do and how we respond to uncertainty is we withdraw to run away from it. It's like, oh, I can't deal with this. So I'm going to go and run away and hide. During this quick evening out to go make a deposit in the bank, I argued with it during that five minute drive home. I realized real quickly that while I didn't have control over the gas station changing, I did have control where I focused my brain. And I'm sharing the story with you because you're going to find situations where you're going to go into that same knee-jerk reaction. And hopefully the story, my story helps you go, wait, hold on a second. Let me understand what's going on. And that's what I wound up doing because I could have spent hours arguing with myself that the gas station shouldn't have changed, that that place was where my family buys gas. How dare they? (laughs) I like laughing with myself. Humor is really the way through. And it could have said, well, I don't buy gas from another brand, so I'm not going to buy gas. That wouldn't work very well because I have three vehicles that use gas. And I could have said, well, this is inconvenient because this is the one that we use, especially on the way out to the freeway. This is the gas station. But here's the thing. I have precious brain juice and I don't want to be arguing with the gas. I do need to make a decision and obviously don't have to right now because I'm not really driving anywhere, but at some point we'll be making a decision. And I guess I can test out the gas station and see if I like the experience or not. But What I did realize as I was getting really reactive and getting to 80 in terms of emotions and that betrayal and that anger and that frustration was I realized because I could be compassionate, I could be aware and I could be connected that I'm really tender right now or that day. I mean, I'm still continuing to be tender, but that moment I went, wow, I am really tender. And I came home and I I shared my story with my husband. He wasn't quite as attached to my story. (laughs) He just listened to me, but I owned how I felt betrayed. And I was fascinated with myself instead of judging myself. I didn't judge myself and say, Corinne, you're being ridiculous about getting upset over a gas station change. Instead, I allowed myself to go through this experience and went, wow, here we are post COVID. And this is something would normally have probably been a small thing really got triggered because let's face it, I've been through gas station changes before, not at this site because this this has always been this one brand, but throughout town, I've been it through gas station changes and it's never bothered me until now. It just felt out of control. And the certainty of that gas station room being there has always been an illusion because exactly what happened could happen. It could change. So that is why certainty is an illusion. And that is why in order to be able to move through it, 
I had to be able to own what was going on and understand and feel my feelings, what I talk about here on the show all the time. And then give myself the space where I don't judge myself and condemn myself for being ridiculous because it's a gas station and I still have my full tank from back in March. Instead, I reminded myself that yes, Corinne, these are hard and challenging times. And by being able to do that, by being able to accept what is, both with what I was feeling, what I was believing, the stories I was telling myself, the changes of the gas station, then that's when I was able to figure my way out. And I started to go, okay, what do I really have control over? And what we have control over is where we choose to focus our brain. And that's something that I quickly realized as I went through and was able to accept what was going on is, Corinne, where do you want to focus your brain? How do you want to spend the rest of this evening? on the gas station changing and how this is just another thing that's changing that's going to create less control and less certainty? Or do I want to focus on the brain of, of course, I've never had control over the gas station, but what do I control? That's the important question to ask ourselves is that in this uncertainty, so many of us are getting stuck with this idea that we have no control, but again, we never had control over a virus. We've never had control over a gas station change of ownership, unless you're a gas station owner. So what do we have control over? We have control over how we treat ourselves. Those are things that I was doing, like, because I've done this practice for so long and I have a deep practice and it's like, oh yes, let's be compassionate. I'm going to treat myself, you know, with compassion. I'm not going to judge myself. That's not allowed here doesn't mean I don't judge myself, but I was really deliberate in this time where I was tender. I was able to acknowledge and own that this time is tender. Those are the things that I had control over. So I chose to be compassionate with myself during that time because I know that just like I said, humor was the way through these times. Compassion has been my way through these uncertain times. Compassion grounds me. It is probably my favorite feeling state. When I feel compassionate, I am able to accept what is. Doesn't mean that what is is okay, but I'm able to accept what is. When I'm compassionate, I have the space to figure out what I need. And that is a question that I've been asking myself every day during this time. And yes, these are uncertain times. And really the things that we've always thought we had control over were really illusions because Life is uncertain. We are vulnerable. There's uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk every day. We just create this illusion that there's not. The things that we do have control over, we actually had it before COVID. And we will continue to have it again during this time and post-COVID. So here are some things that I brainstormed. We have control over where we focus our brains. We have control over how we treat ourselves. We have control over allowing ourselves the space to feel. And yes, the painful feelings, like giving yourself the space. I felt betrayal. It didn't mean that I needed to lash out or react from it. I felt it. I acknowledged it. I understood it. I was like, wow, I'm feeling betrayed. Why am I feeling betrayed? Because a gas station changed, because this is what my family does. And here's one more item that has now been taken away. 
So I understood that and I realized, okay, I still have the choice to go back. It's still a gas station. I can go there. Do I want to go to that business or do I want to go to a different place? But by being able to really feel the feelings and acknowledge and allow myself to feel betrayed, I was able to move through it. So I had to give myself the space to feel that is my invitation to you. And that is something you have control over. Do you allow yourself to feel or do you run away from feeling? Do you push it down? Do you numb your feelings? There's no judgment here. We do all of that. I can do that too. But in that moment, I knew I did not want the rest of my evening to be carried forward with this. So I gave myself the space to feel. We have control over asking ourselves what we need. Again, this is the question that I've been asking myself every day during COVID. Corinne, what do you need? And most people will answer when I ask this question, I need the virus to go away. Okay, remember, we don't have control over that. What do you need? What do you have control over and what do you need? So answers to that have been taking care of myself, believing in myself, loving myself, receiving support, asking for help, right? Sleep, nurturing myself. There have been so many things that I can do instead of external things to have happened to try to make me feel better. We have control over loving ourselves, right? This is deep work for so many of us. And this is really vulnerable and scary work. Like, can I love myself? But Corinne, I'm not quite good enough yet. And what if I become too much because I love myself? But really, our relationship with ourself is the most important thing. And we need to love ourselves because you cannot give what you do not have. So if you're trying to get love from other people, they have to be able to love themselves, but you also have to be able to love yourself to be able to receive it. We must love ourselves. We have control over taking care of ourselves right now, whatever that looks like. You know, I was speaking to a friend of mine who has three young kids the other day, and she's like, you know, five minutes is really hard because my three-year-old doesn't understand it. I get that, right? It is really hard when you have young kids. And it is hard even when you have an 18 and 20-year-old, and I'm constantly having to ask for what I need and, you know, have boundaries and have space. And I went through before I recorded this to you know, ask my whole family, can they be quiet for the next 45 minutes while I record the show? This has been a weekly practice. And maybe this week on week 10, we may be the best we've ever been, but it's been 10 weeks of me asking and by taking care of myself was asking for what I needed. Right? So we have control over taking care of ourselves. And sometimes it's sitting in your closet for five minutes or sitting on your French porch and knowing that, okay, everybody's going to be okay inside, or it's going to sleep at night and asking your partner to take care of other stuff, whatever it may be of how do you need to take care of yourself? So it's now your turn. I invite you to create your list of what you have control over. What do you have control over? You may not have control over, does your child sleep? Actually, we don't have control over that. We can create a structure and then really hope that they follow that. What do you have control over? Remember, I talked about we have control over where we focus our brains, how we treat ourselves, allowing ourselves the space to feel, asking for what we need, loving ourselves, taking care of ourselves right now. Those are the things that's on my list. What's on yours? And an area to be careful of is when we try to control external realities for the illusion of control. 
right? We say, well, this is going to happen and it's going to be absolute because that's where I've watched people this week lose it when they were like, this is going to happen. And they're like, I can't handle this roller coaster anymore, right? That was something that somebody said to me. We have to be agile during this time. And remember, what do we have control? We have control over how do we respond? You know, we have control of how we treat ourselves. We have control of, do we allow ourselves the space to feel? That's what we have control over ourselves. Remember, you are the leader of you and give yourself the space to mess it all up. Give yourself the space. I was triggered by a gas station changing brands. The gas station, the pumps, they're all there. The branding on the outside, the business is not guess owned by somebody else. I got triggered and I was really upset and irate. I was able to move through it and come out the other side of it because I realized what was going on and I owned it. I unpacked it. I felt I didn't judge myself and I got to the other side. And now I'm sharing with you what sounds like a silly story about a gas station, but whether it's a gas station, you know, I found out a business in town today is closed for good. And I was like, wow, our tire shop that we go to is closed for good, you know? And I do believe that being able to move through and feel the gas station a couple weeks ago helped me to be more accepting of this. It was like, wow, these are the changes. And then I remind myself, we will figure this out. We will move through this. We are resilient as humans. So the thing I think about often, we have the opportunity to live the ultimate serenity prayer. We're getting to experiment, testing this out. And the serenity prayer says, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I can't even remember. It might've been like when my dad was in AA, so I was probably like 15 or 16. And that's probably when I was first exposed to the serenity prayer. And I thought, okay, this is great. And I liked it. And then I let it go and forgot about it. And it has been coming back, you know, kind of in bits, you know, little dribbles over the last probably five years. And then I think in the fall, I just felt this compelling desire (laughs) to get a sign for my office. I love words. I have Kelly Ray Roberts, who's this artist that I love. And the reason I love her work is she merges artwork with words. And I've always loved that. She's been a guest on the show. We'll put a link in the show notes for her show episode interview. So I love to surround myself with words and I had the sign and I got it and I loved it. And it's been sitting in the back of my office. And during this time of COVID, I moved the sign and I put it up on my desk right in front of the window that I look out over every day. And I can't tell you, it is my touch point to help me ground and remind myself to accept the things I cannot change, to live with serenity, to have courage, to change the things that I can, which is really what I'm choosing to believe. What stories am I choosing to attach to, you know? Am I allowing myself changing old behaviors of not feeling that I did for a long, long time of my life to allowing myself to feel? And then the wisdom to know the difference. Again, the gas station, I can't change that. I'm not going to argue with the newspaper that they didn't cover it. Maybe they did and I didn't even know, right? All of that stuff is unnecessary and it wasn't creating peace within me. It was dialing up more additional pain. We call it dirty pain. 
So this serenity prayer sits on my desk because it grounds me every time I see the message and it reminds me what I need to remember. What touchstones do you have to help remind you the messages that you need to remember? That too is something you have control over. I move that from one part of my office to right in front of me. It's sitting there because I want to remember those words. That is what I have control over today. Remember, certainty is an illusion. Life is uncertain. We've had these ideas of certainty placed before us, like, okay, this is what we always do, but we really don't know what will happen. So trusting yourself that you can get through uncertain times is also what you have control over. With that said, create your list, remind yourself what you have control over, put messages that you need to help you surround yourself with those messages. I do. I wear t-shirts that have words. I have a mug that has words. I have artwork that has words. I have quotes. I have post-it notes on my computer. I love words. I've loved quotes forever. So that's what I surround myself with. What are the touch points? That's another thing that I have control over. What do I want to surround myself with? All right, my friend, I'm really smiling big for you. And we will move through this together. I realize that this COVID-19, we're all in different storms. It's affecting us differently. So while we're in it together, we're in a storm and it's affecting different regions differently. It's affecting people differently. So we may be in our own boats, but I'm paddling with you and I'll come up and catch up with you. You'll catch up with me and then we'll go and connect with others in our boats, physical distancing, but we will move through this together. We are not meant to go this alone. I am smiling big for you and your brain. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short. They're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life because people often want to know, what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide